the weekly feed. Uh, so uh, I'm really happy to have you on the phone. This is exciting. Uh, congratulations on what's kind of been, uh, well, I guess, an awesome life, but especially the the latest record with uh, with new. I know you're about to do a deluxe edition. I mean, this is a great record. Oh, great! Thank you, man. I must say it was uh, it's great fun to make. You know, it's uh, it's always nice to have a new bunch of songs and then get together with some people. It's like it's like the best. Um, period making the record, you know, and then getting in to the folks. But uh, this was very exciting to do this one. It's uh, I had a lot of fun making it, and it's been received very well. So I'm very pleased. Yeah, well, it, it, and there is there's this fire in it. I think it might have been the perfect Paul McCartney album. Uh, for this era, because it does, it has those sounds that you know your longtime fans have probably uh, yearned to hear. But there, but there's a really freshness to it. There, there's a lot of newness uh, to this record. Um, yeah. Which, which you know, has to be difficult when you're writing, and you must know that you've got to speak to those people at the same time as as trying to do something new. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the truth is the problem's always been the same. Really, you think about it. You know, you you're writing a song. You're always trying to write something that you love and that people will love yeah. and uh, it's the same now you know it's, it's, uh, it doesn't get any easier or harder really um, you know sometimes you just get really lucky and you go whoa that one slipped out easy you know and you, you have fun and then some other times it's, uh, it's a bit more of a grind but uh, it's something I love doing that, you know whenever I try and do it there's a sort of fascination to it of like wow you know, two seconds ago there wasn't a song, and now, and now there we, is. We got something, you know. So, yeah, it is kind of magical things. I, I love doing it, and uh, so yeah. Well, thanks for the compliment, anyway. Yeah. And, and I know you know songs kind of do just arrive, and and there's never a way to explain that. But there is, I expect, a science to a song because in this record, it's full of hooks, hooks everywhere. And, and I don't know a lot of people, and especially over a lifetime, a, a career that you've had that has been able to produce so many catchy moments. And it's is that accurate? Because, again, a song idea just kind of arrives from the universe. But at some point, you've got to know how to build a house. Yeah, you know, I think it's right. Both of those things are right. You know, they definitely just arrive out of thin air. Um, but I think you've got to know how to spot them. You know, uh, I think someone, uh, you know, building a car suddenly knows when the design is right yeah. and when the engine sounds good. You know, you, you after a little while, you get used to that and you think, yeah, this is the way to go. Uh, as far as hooks are concerned, I must say, I just love them. <laughs> you know, I love them on other people's records. Yeah. I love it. It's like I, you keep you find yourself whistling it or waking up and thinking, "What's that? What's it? Oh, I love that. What is it?" And the best thing scenario is, "Oh, it's one of the, it's one of yours." Oh, right. <laughs> you know, you go, "Whoa, it's the one I'm writing currently." <laughs> that is a good sign. Yeah. So, but it's uh, you know, I'll tell you what, man, it beats working. No, oh, sure, sure. Does it ever get to a point where it is? a bit mathematical when you're writing a song like you know the tricks that work not really you know you 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 try and avoid that um if that happens you back off you know you start to think no i don't want to do that uh, it's it's actually not a good thing to do 
um, because what you're going to do, you mathematically uh, work yourself down a hole. Right. You know, so you don't want to do that. If you find yourself doing that, I always just kind of pull up and just think, no, let's just go somewhere else here. And then you kind of surprise yourself. You go, well, I wouldn't have gone there, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. And so it's, it, that's what makes it a fascinating process, you know? Yeah, it seemed to have worked for you. you you've done a really great job through the years of um, of never just sticking to one style either. It, is it uh, is it accurate to say that that all music is pop music and it's just mixing around the structures of what you want to do? Sorry, what was that again? Like, like I, it, I it. if all music is pop music, and we're we're not talking about classical, obviously, but yeah. if all music is pop music, it just becomes a thing about how do we structure this to make it a glam song versus something like Kisses from the Bottom when you're doing the standards, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, like I say, people used to ask me and John, you know, okay, who does what? Who writes the word? Who writes the music? How do you do this? And we say, well, there's no one way, you know. Sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be John, sometimes I'll do the melody, sometimes you do the words, sometimes words come first, sometimes melody. And we used to say, and we always hope that they never, we never arrive at a formula. Yeah. You don't you don't want to, you know, you we used to joke, okay, if we arrive at a formula we'll bottle it and sell it. But um the truth is you don't actually want to arrive at a formula. I mean there were a lot of records when we were putting records out in the very early days of the Beatles. There were a lot of people who would find a formula and stick to it. Uh, you know, like bands like the groups like the Supremes mm-hmm. used to be kind of baby love. And then the next one would be very nearly baby love. <laughs> right. And the next one would be stop in the baby love. <laughs> you know, whatever. There was like a very similar sound to some of their records. And much as I loved them, we used to think, no, you've got to avoid that, you know. So you you think about what we put out then. And the, really, the truth is there was like no two songs were ever the same. That's true. That was the crazy thing. And actually on this new record... Uh, I kind of worried about that at one point. I said, whoa, i got all these producers and these songs. They're not like, you know, they're not the same, like they're coming out of the same room. But then I thought, you know what, that's actually a good thing. Because when I checked some Beatle records, and you've got When I'm 64, you've got She's So Heavy, you've got Blackbird, da, 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 you know, and it, uh, these things weren't really like coming out of the same box. And yet, it was the same singers, it was the same band playing them, so it worked. It was a continuity, you know. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's such a rare talent for anyone to be able to to pull out that many sounds. As most most songwriters are, they are they're kind of stuck in a box. They they find their one song, their one yeah. sound rather, and that's that's what they can do, you know. So, well, you know, I feel very lucky that um, I've never sort of got into that. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I've been very. Uh, careful in a way, but I just sort of known that you you've got to avoid that because uh, the other thing is it kills it for you, right? And that's the worst thing, you know. If you if you make a song, you go, "Oh, this is very similar to the last one I did," then ultimately you're going to just think, "Yeah," and I'm really bored. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to think like that. And so for me, it's always okay. I wrote that. Now let's see what we can do that's completely different. So, uh, and that keeps it fresh for you. And then I think if you like it, it communicates itself to uh, to your audience, you know. Yeah. With that in mind, and, and I kind of touched on this a minute ago, 
you know, when you're in the studio, when you're by yourself, you, you can be anything you want to be. But it does seem like, you know, when you get to the stage and, and the people have bought the ticket and they've come to see Paul McCartney, there is a certain expectation of what they want. They want the Beatle. They want the guy from Wings. Mm-hmm. And for a person like you that seems like you're so much about moving forward, does it ever seem like this is a legion of fans that almost force you to live in the past? Uh, not really. No, I know exactly what you mean, uh, and it could seem like that. But really, the way I look at it is, I used to go to a lot of concerts, particularly as a kid. So when I didn't have any money, and so I'd save up forever, you know, just to go and see an artist that I really loved. Mm-hmm. And I realized that people do that. You know, I was there. I did that. And if ever I went to see an artist who didn't do the songs I wanted to hear. Yeah. It was like, mm, okay, well, he's cool, but I'm not coming again. Right. You know, and it was a disappointment. You know, I go see the Rolling Stones. I want to hear Honky Tonk Women. I hope they do Satisfaction. You know, and this is, so that's what I try and do, you know, when I write a set list. Um, I look at the songs that, if it was me going to see me, what I would hope I would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I making sense here? You are. You're making total sense. Yeah. Um, you know. So I get those songs, and that involves a lot of Beatles and Wing songs. And then I just look at, well, okay, what about songs I want to do now? Because that's going to break it up. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it not just um, you know a Beatles show or just a Wing show. Um, and so we do that. We kind of sprinkle through songs that people don't necessarily know so well. I mean, probably the real. High, you know, hardcore fans know them, but um, so yeah, you know, it, it, that's what happens. You you keep it fresh, and you try and just the moment you're almost going to get bored, you stop and you switch gears, and you find you know I'm very happy with the uh, set list we're playing at the moment actually, because uh-huh. often us guys will come off stage and say, my God, that went fast, <laughs> and it's a kind of good sign. It was like you know, whoa. We're at the end of three hours already. You know, how did that go so fast? <laughs> um, uh, and you know, it's because you're just enjoying it. And a lot of things uh, for me, a lot of interest uh, occurs because you know I'm I'm playing, let's say, an old Beatles song, let's say something like Eleanor Rigby. But I'm doing it from this perspective of who I am now. Right. So I'm like listening to this kid's song. This is like some 24-year-old kid who wrote this. Like covering yourself. And Yeah, so I'm listening to it and going, well, this is okay. (laughs) Wow, how did he think to to say that? She's wearing a face that she keeps in a jar by the door. That's cool. You know, so it it is kind of, it's nice. They're kind of like rediscovering some of these songs. So it doesn't just get like churning them out, you know. Right. Um, I think there's such a variety that uh, playing them, you know. And then, as I say, there's the ones that we put in there that that were hits, but not as well-known, you know. Right. And and that kind of keeps it... Uh, to the magic fresh. moments of the... Uh, yeah, the magic moment of the uh, the concert right there. Yeah. It could I mean, be you know... Well, you know, that is the interesting thing. You play something, you think, okay, well, maybe people are just going to suffer through this. And then you suddenly get, like, a really great applause. You go... <laughs> Well, wait a minute. They really like that. Okay, good. It's good we included it. So it's great, man. It keeps it, it keeps it nice, you know. And we're not just touring every single day of the year, right, you know. Right. 
we kind of have like a week on, week off. It's actually because I've got a little girl. When I get back to England, I've got to take her to school, you know. So I'm kind of half-time dad uh, in that respect. Yeah. And and then, you know, major rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Something you wear you know, well. So it's kind of it's crazy, you know. Yeah. But I like it. It keeps it fresh. With uh, with the reissues, the Wings reissue that you've been doing over the past year, do you yeah. see this as a chance to get finally set the record straight? Because uh, f- uh, this was yeah. a great band, you know. That, well, that you had- know, it's uh, yeah. It's, uh, sorry, cutting you off there, man, okay. but it, it is um, it is one of those things because we followed up the Beatles. Exactly right. In my mind, it wasn't as good, and it was never going to be as good, you know. But you kept plugging on. You kept thinking, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. This is something we've started. We're going to... And then, you know, years later, what happened was, once we'd kind of done with the Beatles and Wings, I would talk to some guys, and I'd be kind of going, well, you know, Sergeant Peppers, man, you know, you talk about that. And I remember some guy, a journalist, saying, well, actually, I wasn't that into Sergeant Peppers. He said, Band on the Run was my favorite. <laughs> and so you go, whoa, a new generation has yeah. come up, and they yeah. appreciate... The swing stuff. So now, looking at them through the archivists' eyes, um, I find new stuff in it all the time. You know, tracks that I hadn't heard probably since I recorded them. You know, or since I played them last live. A lot of them I haven't ever played live. So I'm just listening to them and thinking, you know what? That's pretty good track. And I'd 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 written it off. Right. I thought, no, that's not as good. But um, you know, some somehow you see what's good about them and uh so i can see it through a wings fan's eyes you know and that's nice yeah it's it's nice how time finally vindicates uh validates rather uh you know some yeah. of that some of that stuff in there yeah um hey we're just going on west muhammad ali boulevard yes you're, you're a up. block away from me is where you are give right it now. up for <laughs> muhammad ali i love that guy You've got a great picture of him, a very old picture with Muhammad Ali. I you love that picture. It's funny, someone emailed that to me this morning when they knew I was coming to Louisville. Yep. And uh, it was great. I was at a function many years later where I was getting honored and Ali was getting honored. And in my speech, I'm saying, it's particularly great because Ali's here and I really respect him. I say, but you know, looking back in time, when I first met him at the uh, at the training camp, before the Sonny Liston fight, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I was in pretty good shape. I said, I could have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me a look from the audience like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> well, it, uh, it would have been fun to hear you guys at least trash talk each other. Oh, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the uh, the video game thing that you're part of? Yeah, it's uh, people called Bungie who did Halo. Um, they asked me if I would like to get involved in uh, collaboration with the guy Marty O'Donnell who, who does the soundtrack and did the soundtrack for the Halo games um, so I just sort of said okay talk to me you know what's involved what do we have to do and it was basically help him on the soundtrack which I was excited to do like you say you know I like to do things and mm-hmm. keep it a bit fresh so uh, that was interesting uh, and then the other thing he said that they'd like a song, you know. So uh, at the end of the game, there there's a song. Uh, I think it's over the end credits. So when you finish the game, you get the song. Um, but it was it was great to work on that 
it was uh, it was another world, really. You know. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you write for? Is it is it's a shooting game, right? It's a first person shooter. Yeah. Yeah, because that's uh, you're not exactly known for angry music, which is what I might associate no. with something like no, that. You know, in, in truth, you know, it's more epic music uh-huh. that you get on those games. It's more like uh, a big movie score. Right. It's not necessarily angry. It's um, you know, but it, it's epic. So uh, the the thing how it worked was I actually just used to send Marty ideas and little thoughts that I thought you know. Um, this just would work and then he'd orchestrate a version of it and send it back to me and I'd kind of say whoa that's great or you use a bit more of the theme or whatever and we just kept ping ponging ideas at each other uh, until he actually orchestrated the final score so I just probably threw him a dozen ideas of things I think would work and then he put uh, the epic anger in it all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, no, it's great to do, and you know the idea that people are going to hear it while they're playing a video game—it's yeah. a whole new, whole new ball game for me. You know. So you never had to sit down yourself and really become a gamer. I know. I t- I tried it, but I got killed like within the first <laughs> thirty seconds. You keep trying. I know you can pull I'm it afraid, off. Right, the aliens got me, man. <laughs> it's it's it. Uh, this far into uh, Paul McCartney's career, and he becomes addicted to uh, video games. Yeah. it was fun. Come on, well, you know happen. that's the thing. Yeah, well, you know, I got a lot of kids. I got grandkids, and they're the ones. They're the ones who want a free copy. Yeah. How how is life outside of music? You you were talking about that a minute ago, kind of doing the you know couple weeks on, couple weeks off. Is there a lot of life? that has nothing to do with music yeah uh, that's that's the balancing thing you know it's really nice actually I sort of get home and uh, really it's a completely different kind of life and you know I say to people you could either call it balance or schizophrenia (laughs) it's one or the other right 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 in my case I think it's a great balance you know so I go home I'm real Mr. Ordinary I'm talking to all the moms at the school and it's just you know I'm just lead a real ordinary life, really. Yeah. And then I get back out on the road, and you know I'm playing Louisville, and I'm playing to the crowds and loving it. So it actually keeps the both ends of it fresh. I think if you're out forever, you know, if you're out for three months on a tour, you kind of you forget where you're even playing. Yeah. You know, where are we? Is this Des Moines or in Delaware right. or? or where is this? Where am I tonight? You know, so this way it keeps it kind of, you keep interested. You know, we were just in New Orleans and it's like, hey man, this is New Orleans, you know, and you, you appreciate it more, I think, you know. So listen, I'm just uh, yep. about to get to the gig. Uh, so I think I'm being given wind-up signs Yeah, that's, that's completely fine. Paul you McCarty, good with that, Carl? Uh, I'm, I'm great with that. I, I'm so honored to talk to you. I'll be at the show tonight. Uh, thank you so much for gracing our good city here. All right, man. Oh, thanks for having us. The Weekly Feed.